Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lisa H., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is Wednesday, May 10th, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we're reading from the big book, and we're on page 80. We're going to be reading and commenting on the third paragraph that begins, he felt that he had done a wrong, and ends, make a public statement exonerating his rival. Readers for today, and thank you um, for your service this Wednesday morning, uh, 12 Steps, Davlin E, 12 Traditions, Joni C, readers of the text, Vanessa G, Katie G, and Ramona A. Our newcomer greeter is Anne-Marie M, and our second hour host is Christine G. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, May 9th, 2023, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 20,239. That's 20239. And for the 10 a.m. meeting is 20,240. That's 20240. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Davilyn E. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning. My name is Davilyn E. and I am a compulsive overeater living joyfully and gratefully in Manitoba, Canada. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood God, praying only for knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Davlin E. And I'll now ask Joni C. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Joni C., gratefully recovered but not cured in Minnesota. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or other outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Joni C., how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 80. 
um, third paragraph that begins, he felt that he had done a wrong and ends, make a public statement exonerating his rival. And we'll be commenting on that one paragraph. And I will now ask Vanessa G to please begin reading. Thank you, Lisa. This is Vanessa G and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in New Mexico. He felt that he had done a wrong he could not possibly make right. If he opened that old affair, he was afraid that it would destroy the reputation of his partner, disgrace his family, and take away his means of livelihood. What right had he to involve those dependent upon him? How could he possibly make a public statement exonerating his rival? Um, we've spent, I guess, maybe two weeks already um, going over um, the eight and ninth step, and we still probably have another two weeks to go. Um, you know, it, it makes sense. It's I think that these steps are where we find recovery. But in those two weeks, you guys have helped me um, bring up and, and start to think about a wrong I could possibly not make right. Um, 35 years ago, my father passed away, um, young, um, by today's standards. He was a compulsive overeater and an alcoholic, as far as I could tell. And, um, and he passed those genetics on to me. And so as a result of our both having these diseases, um, our relationship was fraught, and it was very complicated. And, um, and for the past 35 years, um, I've got three sisters um, who adore and um, talk beautifully about their father. And um, every time his name comes up, I've had to, um, without thinking, um, quote unquote, set them straight. And I've destroyed his, his reputation and um, I've maligned him uh, for 35 years. Um, and now I realize, you know, now that I've been listening um, to the big book for um, two weeks, paragraph by paragraph, that I owe the gentleman an amends. Um, he loved me dearly, and um, he tried his best. In fact, shortly before he died, he offered to rescue me from the mess that my compulsive overeating and my alcoholic um, drinking um, had made of my life. And, um, and I'm really, um, difficult for me to talk about right now, but, um, I really want to make, you know, amends to him. You know, I've spent 35 years reading letters, you know, writing about him, doing fifth steps, blah, 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 but never actually, um, amending that relationship. And I may not have 35 years left in me. I hope I do. But um, I certainly um, can make up for um, constantly um, bringing up his faults and discussing them ad infinitum ad nauseum. I'm so sorry, Dad, you know, for not just all the terrible things I've said about you or the not, you know, the setting straight thing from just for slandering you. But I'm also um, so sorry. For all the worry and concern that I caused you. So, 
the last thing my dad said to me was, God be with you. And I said to him, God be with you too, Daddy. And I ask God to be with all of you this morning. Thank you so much for helping me, you know, become free. Um, the 12-step process is amazing, but only if shared. Thank you so much for letting me share today. Thank you, Vanessa, for getting us started. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you've shared on any of the vision meetings on Monday or Tuesday, we ask you to hold back. And who would like to share on what was read this morning? Um, Pamela from Pennsylvania. Pamela, Melissa. Anybody else? Laurel B. Laurel B. Nancy R. Nancy R. Okay, I think we'll start with this this group. I have Pamela P, Melissa C, Laurel B, and Nancy R. Pamela, please share with us. Yes, hi, my name is Pamela Composer Oviedo. Um, God bless everyone. So I got from this paragraph, yeah, my mother died many years ago, and I feel at peace with her, um, not at that moment because when um, she was alive, um, we was, I was still having a lot of problems with her, and she died. She went to nursing home. I'm the, I think I'm the last person saw her alive. And um, so I just felt peace with her for many years. I didn't move on. You know, she did the best she can. She didn't want a lot of mental stir, and nobody didn't diagnose her. So I felt like I was the it kid. I was the one abused a lot. Me and my brother were raised together. Uh, my other sister went through a lot also. My brother didn't got a hurt or abuse. So, you know, well, we are ripped. Uh, so now as I got older and I'm being, uh, you know, it took time because I lived with my boyfriend and parents and being with the mother and doing the dynamic again. And I'm just recently trying to, you know, let go and let my mom be in peace. But a lot of things remind me sometimes of her ways, of her actions, not um, her her whole behavior. So it do trigger me a lot. But lately I'm just trying to be calm about it. And um, I did try and get my recovery back. I had for five, six days. I lost it. And it's very hard to get back. And life is horrible when you're not in recovery. And I'm I'm just praying to God to let go, let God, you know, let past be bygone. And I also suffer from a lot of PTSD because of treatment. He treated me, let alone being um, trapped as a child uh, with my mom and dad never knew about and none of the family. So it's just a weird dynamic. So I'm just trying to live in the present and pray today I just, be focused on God recovery. And everything else we work out on your own. 
And I feel that my mom did the best she could at a mother. She just was suffering a lot of mental. And I just wish, you know, things were different. But things happen for a reason. So just for today, they try and keep her spirit in peace and just live each moment and try and live in recovery. They want my recovery back. Life is so much better with recovery. I'm just wanting that. The, the food do go to another level when things trigger it. Um, so that's pretty much it what I want to say. Um, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Pamela P. And Melissa C., you're up, followed by Laurel B. Hi. Thanks so much for your service. Um, I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, you know, when I read this, um, at first when I read this paragraph, I think, oh, my gosh, he's so full of excuses. You know, he's afraid of of how it's going to hurt him. But when I really looked at it again, you know, it says here that he was afraid, not that it was going to destroy his reputation, but the reputation of his partner and that it was going to bring disgrace to his family. Um, and yeah, take away his means of livelihood. But I'm, I'm, you know, from the, the gist of the paragraph I get is that he's concerned of the impact that his amends is going to have on his family. And, and I think, I think what's really kind of moving me this morning, and I, I heard it in Vanessa's share, which prompted me to chime in, is that this program, this entire program, is really about a miracle, and that the miracle occurs within, you know, each and every one of us that really engage on this work and take a position of complete willingness and surrender to God, um, because when that starts to happen, the the you know, the things that we seem to care more about really do become focused on other people. And that's what I heard, you know. I heard it in Vanessa when she was saying how she felt that that was harmful to her sisters. And and I hear it in this paragraph that his concern is the harm that his amends would bring upon others. And And I'm grateful for this because I, too, have a... I have an amend that I thought I was going to be able to make after all these years I'd gotten back in touch with a particular person that could lead me to the person I, I believe I own amend to, except there's other people involved. And, um, you know, it had to do with money being stolen when we were young and in college. And for me, it would be like simplistic to make this amend and I could go off and feel great about myself and, and like, you know, make it on my list of wonderful things I could share about how I made this amend after all these years. But I realized um, because the other person that's involved that could kind of lead me to this person so that I can get in touch with her still has a relationship with this person and it will impact them because she was involved as well. And, um, and so now I really have to sort of wait, you know, at this moment in time, I'm willing to do what's right. Um, but I have to think about the impact that it'll have on the other person. And I'm grateful because I actually can feel that the changes have occurred in me as well. Like this man, my, my thoughts are not as much on myself in this situation as it is on the other people impacted. And, um, yeah, with that, you know, that's what I wanted to share today. Thanks for that. I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. And Laurel B., you're up, followed by Nancy R. 
Hi, this is Laurel B. from Illinois. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you for your service. Um, I just want to say when I was at step nine, I had to consult my sponsor to make sure that an amend needed to be made and exactly how to make it. Um, I remember one amends that I thought should be made to a work associate and my sponsor said it wasn't necessary and it could be hurtful. So sometimes I need the clarity of another person's perspective in order to refrain from hurting others. That's all I have with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Laurel B. And Nancy R., you're up. Nancy, press star one. Hi. Hi. There you are. Hi. It's Nancy R. from Illinois, Recovered Compulsive Breeder. Um, I decided I wanted to share because I was so moved by what the um, lead um, speaker shared. Um, And just what what miracles um, our higher power performs in our lives as we become willing to see where we have wronged others in our lives and um, are able to get to a place where we can um, make amends for those wrongs. And, um, you know, I'm grateful. I had some amends that I needed to make that I talked about with my sponsor and thought, you know, it was so many years ago, it it was um, amends to some neighbors that I had wronged and thought it was so many years ago and what if they don't even remember? And I bring it up and to make amends for my part in it and they're harmed um, because it says, you know, in the big book, do no harm. And um, she um, help me to work through that and see that I was concerned about myself and not them. And um, so even as I say it, I you know, the intricacies of making amends are, are profound and I don't have to figure it out by myself and I bring them to God and I bring them to my sponsor and I ask for help and you know, I made those amends, and um, it was a beautiful experience. Um, and um, anyway, that's what I have for today. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy R. And we are on page 80 in the big book in the chapter Into Action. We have read and are commenting on the third full paragraph. He felt that he had done a wrong and ends make a public statement of exonerating his rival. Um, who else would like to share this morning? Colleen somebody M. B, somebody B from Florida. Colleen M. Did you get Linda Renee? Linda Renee? No, Lynn. Lynn. Sorry, Lynn Renee from Montreal. Okay. Okay, I got Lynn Renee. Somebody B from Florida? Yes, it's Margaret me, B, Georgia. Hang on, Margaret. I got you. I'm, I'm, 
Nancy P. Nancy, say it one more time from Florida. Jeannie. Jeannie, thank you. Okay, what I have is Jeannie B, Colleen M, Lynn Renee, Margaret D, Nancy P. So, Jeannie B, you're up, followed by Colleen M. Press star one, Jeannie, we can't hear you. Hi, it's Jeannie B in Florida, J-E-A-N-N-I-E-B, Recovered. I feel compelled to share on this paragraph because I um, lost my mother two years ago, but before that, I feel like I spent the previous 20 years maligning her character, focusing on not what she gave me, but what on what was missing, on the emotional needs that were not met, what my selfish needs did not get. And this is a woman who many, many people admired, who many, many people sang her praises, but I would say otherwise. I would interject, but you're not her daughter. And I am ashamed today of the focus I brought on what she didn't give me. And instead, I could have, if I were in recovery then, focused on what she did give me. I said mean and cruel things to her in my own disease. I'm now in recovery. Next week it will be one year. And taking this slow, deep dive into my regrets, into my wrongs, into the wreckage of my past has been very, um, it's been thorough, it's been deep. And it's only because of this pace that I have taken this deep, this depth, as opposed to when I first went through the steps. I can only make a living amends and continue to write and do other things and to live the life of stop criticizing other people, Jeannie. Stop focusing on the wrongs, Jeannie. Come on with the complaining. And that's the amends. That's the daily discipline. That's the call of recovery for me. And that is the beautiful journey that leads me to peace. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for all your love and support. Thank you, Vision. I pass. Thank you, Jeannie B. And Colleen M., you're up, followed by Lynn Renee. Hey, everyone. It's Colleen M. from Maryland. Thanks for everyone that's doing service today. I just had to say something about this paragraph as well. The opening speaker was was very powerful and really um, touched on, you know, my my personality and my illness. I maligned uh, a lot of people because I was uh, always trying to um, lift myself up and I had to look the word align up and it says evil in nature or effect speaking about someone in a spiteful critical manner I the list of people that I've done that to is is long and um, you know as it's been said my um, my mother was the brunt of that as well as my ex-husband and um, 
you have know, done a lot of work around both of those relationships. And, um, you know, today I try to show up differently um, and speak, you know, the, the, as the layers are being peeled um, and God shows me more and more uh, how I can be more of the kid that he made me to be versus um, what my disease has taken me to, um, I can... I don't need to um, malign other people's character in order to feel okay about who I am today. And that is a a true miracle. You know, I can look myself in the eye. Uh, I heard one of the, um, one of our um, other uh, fellows in the room say, you know, if we're in this program for long, we know, get used to doing amends. You know, we're going to be doing it often. And, um, you know, I learn more and more about how my um, opinions, criticisms um, have affected people in my life and the destruction that it leaves. Um, another one I like is if, if if I am offering an opinion that's not been asked for, it's criticism. You know, I spent a long time um, thinking I knew what was best for everyone in my life and, and had no problem telling them what that was. So I hope I'm a different person today. Um, and I hope that I can um, continue to move forward, um, peeling the onion and getting deeper and deeper into what I can do, to, what I can do to ask God to help change me, make me a person that, um, that he always you know, wanted me to be and that I'm only capable of being with his help. So with that, I will pass. Thank you, everyone, for helping me with my recovery. Thank you, Colleen M. And Lynn Renee, you're up. If you'll give us the first initial of your last name, followed by Margaret D. Thank you. I'm Lynn Renee H. from Montreal, and I'm completely and utterly uh, unable to eat three meals a day on my own. Oh my God, I wanted to say thank you for the share, the main share at the beginning, because what you said at the end, I really felt it like it was my daddy that was talking to me. And, uh, you know, the amend, it's so strange because for me, it's the hardest um, step, but um, it's the it's the step that gives that gave me so many miracles. And the one with my dad, my dad was in the military. He went to, he was um, with the UN in the 70s and came back home. He was kind of a little bit all over the place and he suffers a lot from PTSD. And and uh, with the years, I saw him going down and down and down mentally. And um, why I'm saying all of that is because I was trying all these years to be okay with the fact that we fought so badly uh, when I was young. And he would hug me and say, I love you. And I would just cringe inside of like, oh, get your, get your paws off of me kind of thing. And when I, I couldn't do an amends, like I, I was doing amends with others because I knew he was like, he wasn't able to take that kind of thing. So I wrote him letters on the positive things, like the best vacation we had, the best um, uh, memory I have when I was young, the best, all of the best things I remember and what he did in my life. And I gave him that, I gave him 12 for every month of the year. (laughs) I'm getting emotional. 
But now I can give him a hug, and I mean it. And um, that's why I find that um, the program is always not perfection. But at one point, the miracle does does come. And I'm not special. Vanessa, sorry, but you're not special. We are not special people. If we do the actions, the miracles do happen. And with that, I wish you all um, an abstinence and sobriety day. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you so much for being there. Thank you, Lynn Renee H. And Margaret D., you're up, followed by Nancy P. Um, Thank you, moderator. Um, My name is Margaret D., and this morning, right now, in this moment, I am so grateful that God, in his grace and mercy, has chosen to uh, put me in a place of being a recovered compulsive eater. When I look at this, this idea that we're about making the amends or whatever, I go, um, I go back to the paragraph before where it says that um, he had accepted a sum of money from a bitterly hated business rival. That was the part that I never, ever saw was that I was capable of such bitter hatred. And I spent my whole life, and this is in relationship to a family member, a sibling, I spent my whole life perfecting, working on, endorsing, approving, generating more bitter bitter hatred. That was basically my, my goal in life was to create another layer of skin, if you will, over this particular wound. And uh, and hatred was the answer. It was the way to do it. And so <clears throat> the actual amends for me, um, how do you let go of hatred? I couldn't. I, I literally could not. So I'm going to skip ahead to the paragraph ahead, sort of a spoiler alert, if you will. That where he came to the conclusion that it was better to do whatever you had to do than to stand before your creator guilty of such a ruinous heart. Anything, when I think about standing in front of the God of my understanding and having that bitter, bitter, crushing, horrible hatred. It was it was just I got to the point where it's like I can't live this way anymore, God. For the only reason is that it's it's coming it is between you and I and I don't want to live that way anymore ever again. Not with that bitter, bitter hatred. Um the ego kept telling me, Well, this is why you should do it and this is you know um this is why you need to keep fanning that flame of hatred. And in the meantime, it was telling me what a kind and loving person I was by continually fanning that flame of the hatred. So um, I just resolved to listen to my higher power and do whatever it took. And I didn't realize it at the time, but to have my heart changed. The day I 
called my sponsor and we finally came to a place of what I was going to say. I was going to write him a letter and and thank him for something that he did in my life. I had to really search to find something, but all of a sudden it hit me what it what it was that he did out of kindness that he never asked for any recompense for it. He just he just opened his heart up to me and I took advantage of it. Time. Um, I'm going to pass with that, but I do want to say this process absolutely does work when I trust it and just let go and do the next right thing that my higher power dictates. Pass. Thank you, Margaret D. And Nancy P., please share with us. Hi, good morning. Nancy P., Recovered in Westminster, Massachusetts. Thank you so much for letting me share. So, um, you know, the amends process isn't just for other people. It's for me, too. And, you know, everybody has a great um, example of um, making amends or wishing that they can make amends. And, um, you know, I have one, too, which is when I was eight years old, I wouldn't didn't want my mother to come to my... Um, brownie thing or Girl Scout thing or something because she was in it. She was a nurse and she was in her uniform and the other moms were not. They were all, you know, stay-at-home moms. And um, I asked her if she could change and my parents shamed me about that. And they said, you know, we work hard and, you know, that's not right. And and they were right, but they could have been a little more sensitive to an eight-year-old. Um, so fast forward 55 years and my daughter... <laughs> did the same thing to me for a different reason in a different circumstance. But she came home that afternoon or later that day, and she also at eight years old apologized to me. And I was able to say, don't worry about it. I completely understand. And she didn't know how completely I understood. And the reason I, I say this is because, you know, the reason I make amends today is so that I can forgive. That's what the benefit is for me. I mean, it's not just the, you know, the feeling of release that I get of admitting and embracing my faults to another person and, and you know, smoothing things over and, um, you know, repairing things. It's so that I can extend the same courtesy to other people. And, um, you know, yesterday, um, my husband, who actually is a saint masquerading as a human being, lost his temper with me. I know it's difficult to imagine, but it happened. And um, he never does. I mean, we'll be married 35 years. I think he's lost his temper four times. And, um, you know, in the minute I said to him, I said, I don't deserve to be spoken to that way. And he started to say something like, you know, and I said, don't go away. I don't want to talk to you. And I, I sent him an email later and I said, you know, just the way that I don't talk, you know, interrupt you when you're on a meeting, perhaps when you see me on my in parentheses, regular, not a surprise that I'm on at meeting. You could wait until I'm off to to talk to me, um, to ask me a question. And I said, and I looked at what you asked about, and, and I'm wrong. I said, I'm happy I'm wrong. And I think that I've demonstrated over the past five years that I don't have a problem saying that I'm wrong. And I signed my email with an X and an O. And you know, he came home and he um, he never, he, he doesn't apologize for things because he doesn't really know how because he usually basically never needs to. I mean, he's just like perfect. 
and he said, um, I apologize for losing my temper this morning. And I didn't say anything. I just sort of, I said, oh, of course, you know. I mean, I didn't say, you know, told you so. I don't do that. But inside, I hugged it to myself because I don't know that if it's, I don't see it as a transformation of him. I see it as something that responded to the way that I am today. And it's a um, validation of this work that I do every single day with every breath I take. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. And we've got time for some more shares. We are sharing on the third paragraph on page 80 that begins, he felt that he had done a wrong and ends, make a public statement exonerating his rival. And who else would like to share? Lisa C. Lisa. Anybody else? Mia R. from Florida. Leah. No, Mia. Mia. Thank you, Mia. Okay. Ruth Anita M. J. Anita J. And was there one other person? Ruth M. from Rhode okay, Island. Okay, Ruth. All right. Let's go with these four, and we'll see how much time we have left. Lisa C., Mia R., Anita J., Ruth M. Lisa C., please share with us. Hi, good morning. This is Lisa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Um, you know, uh, this this paragraph really made me think a, a little bit about a situation that I had um, with my son, who is nine, and my uh, my youngest child, who is who just turned seven. They were at neighbors' houses. Uh, um, they were at a neighbor's house. Um, you know, a brother and a sister who are similar ages to them. They spend a lot of time together, and uh, my son and daughter ripped in half a few of their Pokemon cards. Um, and, you know, the, the grandmother who was watching them sent me a text message. And she just, she, she, she wasn't even angry. She just said, I just, I thought you would want to know. And I was very grateful that she let me know. So I talked to my kids and we had some hard conversations because, you know, um, I, I got all kinds of excuses from my son. Oh, well, he didn't care that I ripped the, the Pokemon cards or he was laughing and, um, you know, what's the big deal and all this stuff. And so we really, really, like, worked on it with them. And so, well, how, how can you fix it? Could you, could you ever make the card whole again? Of course, the answer is no. Um, and, and that's kind of where the amends comes in, where it's like, you know, no, we can absolutely not go back to the past. I cannot go back to the past and change the things that I've done or fix them or erase them. Um, and so then it's like, what, what is the next best thing? And so uh, we really had some hard conversations. They wrote cards. Uh, the first draft was something to the effect of, I'm sorry, but it's not a big deal. <laughs> um, so then we had to do a next draft. You know, and by the, by the third or fourth draft, I think it was actually four drafts of letters that my son and daughter each wrote, uh, we got to a place where they were just genuinely sorry. And um, they gave me their Easter money to buy a set of cards um, to replace. 
And it was a whole process. And, um, you know, in the past, I think I would have just really just felt absolutely terrible that my kid did something so mean. Um, but I wouldn't have understood what it means to actually try to do something, take an action, set it right, and, 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 and renew a relationship, right? So now my son and daughter, they can have the same relationship with these two friends that they had before, maybe stronger now. Um, in fact, I would say definitely stronger now. So I think that when I do the work, my whole life changes. Everyone's lives in my circles change for the better. Um, so we keep doing it. We keep showing up and we create a, a ricochet, a, a, you know, a butterfly effect of goodness and, and love and, and God's love in the world. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lisa C. And Mia R., you're up, followed by Anita J. Thank you. Uh, this, is, this is my first meeting. Uh, a very beautiful person uh, put me in touch with it. Uh, um, I, and I'm just very, very grateful. And uh, I was laughing at this because I was thinking about years ago. Uh, I was writing my daughter a letter. Uh, she was uh, she's like... Uh, She's 52 now, but she was <laughs> a teenager, and I, I was so angry. And I remember talking to my OA sponsor, and she said, okay, we'll write her a letter. And, uh, you know, and I had to write five letters before. And I'm glad these kids were a little bit faster. But I had to write five letters uh, and just, you know, tell her how much I loved her. And it was just amazing. And I, I was sitting here chuckling, thinking about that. So I am very grateful to be on this meeting and uh, and get back into OA. Uh, I was here many, many, well, I was on this face-to-face meeting many, many years since 1980. So I'm glad I'm back, and I thank the person that put me in with the phone number. And thank you for all your shares. And uh, I always say uh, happy happy Wednesday to everyone, and uh, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Mia R. Glad you're here. And Anita J., you're up, followed by Ruth M. Thank you so much. This is Anita J. I live in Massachusetts, recovered compulsive overeater here. Grateful to say that to you all. You know, it's funny when I wanted to, when I, who, the person I thought I wanted to talk about totally changed while waiting. And now it's the one that fits closest is my husband because I really maligned him with his own children. While he was alive, I would say things that he was this or he was that. And um, later in recovery, when I was making amends, I uh, got around to my daughter. I'm telling her... um, different things that I'm sorry about, but I didn't mention her father. And so when I said, is there anything else? She goes, yes. And it was listening to me, not only malign her father, but her brother. And she said, don't you know what that did to me? Because I loved them. I loved my brother and I loved my father. And to hear you, I mean, 
talk about feeling uh, two inches high and so ashamed to live on this earth. And isn't it awful to think like that um, for myself and for them? And as the minority pointed out, who does it hurt? It hurt me, but it also hurt these, you know, my daughter who I loved. So I'm very grateful. You know, I started off doing an amend on one thing, and she set me straight on what it should really be about. And um, that's a good thing about this program. We can't go too far off if we stay close. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita J. And Ruth M., you're up. Hi, this is Ruth M. Can I be heard? Yes. Thank you. Um, I'm really not sure what to say. I, I woke up this morning very frustrated, and, um, you know, I'm feeling... I'm, I've been alone for a long, long time, and, and uh, emotionally it's taken its toll on me. And I'm struggling with my food, and um, I did come on about, I guess, a, a, a few weeks ago, and I, I apologize to those who reached out to me, and I didn't call back. I'm, I'm battling with my faith. Um, a lot of things, but I know that um, I feel that I do need to get my um, food in place, <sighs> and that's a start. I'd like to, I've been around um, a OA for many, many years, and I guess I've been kind of AWOL um, off and on, and I'm I'm just I'm really struggling right now, and I just wanted to claim my seat. And um, <clears throat> I miss the the face to face meeting so so much. I I um, since COVID, it's a struggle to get a face to face meeting in my town, and um, I I I just want to claim my seat. My name is Ruth M. And I have been on here before and asked for um, to, um, for phone calls, and I'm doing that again. My phone number is, if I sh- may leave it. Right, Ruth, if you'll wait until the end of the next hour. Okay. And unrecorded hour. All right. Just thank you for letting me share and and. I appreciate the service and this meeting being available. Um, We are glad you're here, Ruth. And we have time for um, one or two more shares this morning. Would anyone else like to share? Anita L. Anita L. Anybody else? Okay, Anita, please share with us. Okay, thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. Uh, I kind of did a 360 or 180 with this whole uh, paragraph because when I heard 
what we were going to be reading, I thought, oh, you know, I'm not really into this. <laughs> and here I am wanting to share. And um, I want I wanted to share the entire meeting. And I guess God had me wait because I am hearing from everyone, really. If you look at the bottom line, I think... We all want to be well and and become better people. And I I should only speak for myself. I know that I want to become a better person and did write about that this morning in my meditation letter to my higher power. Um, And by making an amend humbles me to recognizing the fact that you know, I did some things that I'm not too proud of. And last night, I even said to my husband, I am sorry, I was wrong. And, um, you know, just saying, I was wrong the way I behaved last night with you. And um, so that that brings me closer to my higher power, how my higher power would love me to behave. And isn't that our primary purpose, to get a closer relationship with power so that I can pass this message on to others? So that came up for me towards the end here. And originally what I was going to share was that I I was in um, several... 12-step programs for many decades. And uh, so every single time we heard, we read eight and nine, I thought of this one amend I needed to make, but I just couldn't do it because I, I was too fearful to put myself in that position to bring up something that I did when I was 14 to, to uh, someone. And it was a man as well. And finally... I guess I wanted recovery enough. I wanted freedom enough that I went ahead and I made that amend. It was about 10 years ago. Let me tell you, it felt like a whole anvil was lifted from my chest. I felt so free, so wonderful. And I made such a beautiful donation and asked what what charity I should make it to. And he shared with me. And Oh, I just felt so good about that. It's so worth taking the risk. And yesterday, I guess it was from listening to the paragraph that was read yesterday, I thought of later in the day another amend that I need to make, which uh, happened, I was I didn't even know my husband yet at that point. So it was like 38 years ago. And um, so I can go ahead and make this amend. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to do it yet. I'll need some guidance, uh, spiritual guidance. Thank you. And I know that I will become even closer to my God. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thanks. Have a great day. Thank you, Anita L. And thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. 
The share ID for today, Wednesday, May 10th, 2023, is 20,248. That's 20248. We will now uh, close with, with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Katie G., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Sure will. Yes, they are. This is KG Recovered in Boston, A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.